You're listening to a podcast from Catalyst Vineyard Church, Aberdeen. You can find out more about our church, as well as more talks on our website, catalyst.fin. I said this last night, we love what God is doing amongst you, but we also just love being with you. Whoever said Scotland was cold... Never met you. You know, uh, so it's good. And it's so good to see, you know, the life that's happening and the multiplication that's happening. Uh, Just one, just one alive, spirit-filled church sends off ripple effects that reach around the world and across multiple generations. That's what I believe. Just one. And, of course, you're talking now, by my calculation, up to about 17, except maybe now two more than that, so that makes 19. Just one. Um, So I want to just talk to you a little bit about the gift of prophecy tonight. And we don't have a lot of time. So this is going to be very kind of a simple, very simple introduction. Like how how do you use the gift of prophecy and kind of stay on track and make it useful to everybody? And it's... It's an important part of the ministry of the Spirit in several different ways. So um, get your Bibles out or pull out your devices and find your Bible app. And I'd like you to make your way to the second chapter of Acts for beginning. Now, in the book of Acts, you know, we, uh, chapter 2, we have the account of the, out, of the outpouring on the day of Pentecost. And so Jesus said to the disciples, wait in Jerusalem for what I'm about to send to you, for the power of the Spirit to come upon you. And they were all together in one place on the day of Pentecost, praying together and waiting again. There were about 120 of them in the room. And suddenly, it says... Um, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, this morning, if you were here, somebody actually wandered onto the prophetic word that lies behind this manifestation of the coming of the wind. Because in the book of Ezekiel, there's a promise that God would restore the fortunes of his people and would put new life where there was death and raise up a great and mighty army to do the Lord's work in the world. And the way it kicked off 
was when the prophet prophesied to the wind and said, come, O wind, on these dead bones. I don't know about you, but that gives me chills. Every time. <laughs> and so here on the day of Pentecost, the very first thing that happens is the wind comes. And it's not just, you know, a nice little gentle wind. It's a violent wind, you know. And uh, you guys, from what I understand, you know a little bit about violent winds here. <laughs> okay, so, of course, it wasn't the violent wind in Jerusalem. It was the sound of the wind. And then, you know, it says, there appeared fire. And, of course, the fire has to do with, you know, it goes back to when fire came before in the people of Israel, it was the pillar of fire that led them from captivity into the promised land. And so the spirit is coming in wind and fire. I'm coming to bring you life and to bring you the presence of God. And it's overwhelming. You know, it's, uh, this is not, you know, a tame experience that they have. But what I'd like to point you to the most is what how Peter explains this, because this, they, they make some noise, apparently. You know, like, you know, when, when the wind and the fire come, you're not going to be sitting there quietly. <laughs> you know, like saying, oh, that's very nice, Lord. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's not how that works. They were making noise. In fact, they were making noise in languages they never learned. And this attracted a lot of people coming to see what this noise is all about. And so Peter gets up to explain it to them. And he quotes from uh, the prophet Joel, who talks about the last days. And um, gosh, I'm having a little difficulty with my Bible and the light and my eyes. But uh, I would like to point out, it says, in the last days... I will pour out my spirit on all people and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Okay, so this is gigantic because this is taking the thing, the kind of thing that was on Moses the prophet and saying, now it's for everybody. Now it's for everybody, men and women. For that to happen 2,000 years ago is unbelievably radical, just to include the women. But it was also including like the underclass, the slaves, the the aliens, the immigrants, the people who, you know, didn't all naturally fit in. It was for them too. It's for everybody. And he says, they will prophesy. So when you become a follower of Jesus and the Spirit comes on you, you can hear God for yourself. The Spirit of prophecy is in you. All of you. Now, when we say so-and-so has a prophetic gift, what we mean is they have a lot of prophetic gifts. 
The truth is, though, we all have a little bit, at least, all of us. So we talk about you can hear from God all the time. You can hear from God. And um, when Chuck like did the appeal for the money for the church plants, what did he say? Ask God what you should do, which is the assumption that you can hear what God wants you to do. So that's part and parcel of our inheritance now, that we can all hear from God. Now, I want you to turn to First uh, Corinthians chapter 14. And just to make it easier on myself, Andrew, can you come up here? You're gonna, I, I'm going to get you to read my scriptures for me because I can't see well enough with the spotlights to actually read. <laughs> Was that your wife whistling at you? I hope so. <laughs> Will I read it on my phone? Yeah, read it on your phone. So we want 1 Corinthians 14, like the first couple verses. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. That's great. Okay. So prophecy is to be eagerly desired. Uh, why? Because when you use it, it has the potential to strengthen the entire church. And it has the potential to bring a powerful encouragement and comfort to people um, that nothing else can give. You know, it, when somebody has gone through something painful, and then somebody they've never met comes up to them and says, God sees that you've gone through this painful thing and names it and then says, but God loves you and he's, you know, it's like the most comforting thing ever because you know that God sees you. I remember one time, one of the guys in our church had a, a series of dreams about his work. And about two weeks later, they came to pass, exactly as in the dreams. What he had seen happening at work happened, and he called me up, and he was all excited. He said, Steve, I've got to tell you about this thing. Just, Steve, we're not alone. We're not alone. Like, God is in this place. You know, and that, of course, is part of the ministry of the Spirit when he comes among us, is that he's spread all over us, and he gives us prophecies, dreams, and visions so that we can know that we're not alone. And he helps us and encourages us and sends us into the ministries that he's called us to participate in in so many ways. So how do you 
get a prophecy? How, how does a prophecy come to you? you know, um, and there are a number of different ways that that happens for different people. For me, mostly, just simply an idea pops into my head and won't go away. <clears throat> but other people, they see pictures that pop into their head. Just pictures. Now, the thing about pictures, of course, pictures always have to be interpreted. And one tricky thing about the pictures is sometimes God decides to play charades. So the picture is actually a trigger or a sounds like for the thing that's actually what he wants to say. So, you know, and this happened to the prophet Jeremiah. He gets this picture of an almond tree. God is not giving him a prophecy about plant almond trees. And not at all. He's giving him a prophecy about how God is watching over his people and watching over all the words that he's spoken, um, well, in Jeremiah's case, against them. And it turns out that the word for almond tree in Hebrew is a sounds like to the word for watching. So it's, a, it's a, just a simple trigger, okay? So those of you who get pictures need to kind of keep that possibility in the back of your mind. A lot of people, and this is really a very uh, nice way that the, God can give us prophecies, we get scriptures. You know, uh, God will bring to mind a scripture or sometimes even like a Bible character. So uh, God might say, you know, I might see somebody and I'm looking at them and God, and I get this impression, God says, that person is like so-and-so in the Bible. In fact, you saw me do this. When was it? This morning. Yeah. With that guy that was sitting in the front, I looked at him, and, and that's sort of like, you know, Daniel. He's, he's like Daniel. He's, he's like Daniel. So that's how it came. You know, he got a, a, a biblical character, and then the rest of it came, and then I got a scripture connected to Daniel, and, uh, and, uh, and then we were off and running. Um, so sometimes it comes by God bringing scripture to mind. Um, sometimes it's... Um, some people, this is not so common, but it does happen sometimes. Some people in their mind see like a ticker tape. You know what a ticker tape is? No, you don't know what a ticker tape is. Ticker tapes went out 20 years ago. Let's see. Uh, like a newsreel. There, there we go. You know, like words across the bottom of a screen. I do have a lot of technology problems when it comes, because it's just changed so fast. Um, but it's like one of those, you know, you just see the words going across the, your mind and you just read them. Um, it can be that way. Sometimes it's just an impression. Like you just, some, like an impression of something. Very often, you might get like a sympathetic sensation. You may feel what other people feel. So you're standing next to somebody and suddenly you're feeling this pain. And it's not your pain, but you're feeling pain. And it's, it's an indication like, oh, that's their pain, and you're feeling it. It might be a physical pain, and then you're, that's like God saying, you need to pray for them for this. But it could also be other kinds of pain. God, like, directing you in that way. In fact, just about anything somebody can feel, you can also feel sympathetically. And, of course, the important thing is you just have to check yourself out in the morning and make sure you know what's yours.
The older you get, the more challenging that exercise might be. <laughs> but that's one way you can get them. And you know, it's very interesting. Usually when, when it happens, like when God's speaking that way, when you acknowledge it and you find out who the person is that you need to talk to or pray for or whatever, then the sensation immediately goes away. So, that, you know, sort of like once you're, once you've kind of gotten the message and gotten things in place, then it goes, then it lifts right off you. That's how you know it's not really you. It's, it's something else. Um, then in the Bible, of course, there are lots and lots of people who hear from God by dreams. And uh, also including many pagan people, many non-believing people, God speaks to by dreams. You know, the interesting thing, sometimes we think God only speaks to believers. That is not true. God speaks all the time. He's speaking to all the time, to everybody. And he sends them dreams. If you want to have a fun time at a party, ask this question. Have you ever had a dream that you couldn't explain? And see what happens. Uh, it can be quite interesting. God, God will speak to, to, through dreams. Um, uh, those are the main ways I'd say there are a few others that are that are uh, almost exclusively reserved to things that people with a very large amount of prophetic gifting experience but you might receive words that way now our question is always how do I really know it's God right how do I know it's really God and because it, it's, it's very often, however it comes to you, whether it's like an impression or words or a scripture or a picture or however it is that it comes to you, it's kind of like a feather falling on your head. It's not like booming voice and symbols from heaven, you know, loud and whatnot. It's not like that at all. It's very, very quiet. Very, you know, just, just little things. So... How do you know it's God? Well, you know, first thing is usually it's sort of out of sync with what you were already doing or thinking about. So that's a clue. Like, it, this is not from me. I'm not, like, making this up. Second of all, it'll, it's, it is usually very persistent. It keeps coming back. If it's just your imagination, your imagination will just wander all over the place. But when it's God, it just keeps coming back to this thing. It just keeps repeating itself over and over. And so that, but ultimately, the only way you can know for sure it's from God is to try it. And then you'll find out if it's from God. And if it's from God, you'll see the effect. There'll be powerful effect in people. They will be powerfully comforted or encouraged or strengthened. And if it's not from God, they'll say, well, that was a nice thought. I mean, it won't be bad, you know, because um, you're mostly saying positive things, right? You're gonna, you, because the purpose of prophecy now is to comfort and encourage and strengthen people. That's what he said in the scripture that he just read. So, you know, we're speaking positive things. And even when God shows us things people need to be freed of, you can speak it positively. So, you know, I might sense from somebody... Oh, there's a lot of fear in their life. And if I know them really well, I might just say, you know, hey, we need to get rid of that fear in your life. 
But if I don't know them that well, but they're a stranger, I might just turn the thing upside down and say, you know, I just feel like I should pray for more courage in your life. It's the same thing, right? You just make it positive. And you can do that too. So you, but you have to try. And I've been coaching people in this for a long time. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, if you start trying, you will find probably that a great deal more of the things that pop into your head are from God than you ever would have imagined. Like, you just can't believe how talkative he is. Like, there is so much that actually is from God. But you don't get to control it ahead of time. See, like, we're, you have to, like, take the risk. You have to stand out. So basically, anything, when I'm, like, in any situation where the Spirit's moving or something might be happening, I'm just going to basically try everything that comes to me. And sometimes it kind of goes, mm. But an awful lot of times, it's amazing. And it ends up being a, a really beneficial thing and a really positive thing. Um, uh, just a couple other things. You know, uh, it's, the, as I said earlier, the role of prophecy in our time, in the New Testament, is to bring encouragement and comfort in the church. So most of it's to individuals. Um, you know, it's God will highlight somebody to you and say, you know, you need, to, you need to say this to them, you need to share this with them. It's, sometimes it's things you're supposed to pray for. You know, it's a direction for prayer. Particularly those of you who have a calling into intercession, it works prophetically in that God gives you a person or a situation that comes to you that you see or you're impressed about and you're meant to pray for it. Or if it's something bad, you're meant to pray against it, that it doesn't happen. Um, but God does not usually, hardly ever, give prophetic people prophecies that have to do with doctrine. Because that is sort of the field for the people who have the gift of teaching, not the prophets. And almost all the cults who've ever gotten started happened when prophets wandered in and started trying to teach doctrine out of prophecy. You understand? So, like, stay in your lane <laughs> is sort of the idea. Like, stay in your lane and things will go well. You know, um, leadership has to do with vision and direction. My experience is usually God gives the visionary stuff for the church to the leaders of the church. And they don't need that much because when, I don't know how it is for you, Chuck, but when God gave me a vision for something, it could take me two or three years to actually work out being obedient to it. Like, I didn't need another thing next week. You know, it was going to take me a good while to, like, because it's like turning an ocean liner. You, you know, it's just, it takes you a while to, like, move and get the right people and get the right places. And so you don't, churches actually don't need great deals of sort of prophetic vision. But they can, they need lots and lots and lots and lots of comfort and encouragement and strengthening. Okay, so we want to use it primarily that way. Now, in the vineyard, we try to deliver our prophetic words in 
our naturally supernatural way. So what that means is, I don't usually ever feel the need to attach the word God said, thus says the Lord, anything else. Like, if it's God, I won't need to tell them. They will know it's God. You know? And besides which, we're supposed to give words in such a way that people can test them. Because you can make mistakes. And so the Bible calls us, it says, you know, don't despise prophesying, but test everything and keep what's good. So if when you put a whole bunch of, you know, God told me and God said and thus says the Lord, it kind of puts people in a corner. It makes it hard for them to weigh it for themselves and say, you know, is that really from the Lord or not? I'm, you know, kind of, they have to like say, you're wrong in order to do that. And so we try not to back people into those kind of corners. And it's very easy to just say, I had a picture. I had an impression. That, dot, dot, dot. You know, you just, you don't like stick it on God. You just say, look, this, this is what happened to me. I had this picture. I had this impression. I thought I should pray for you for this. I got this scripture for you. And then you just share it. And in a very simple, normal voice. You don't need to yell. You don't need to, you know, put anything extra in it, you know. Like when I was growing up in the Pentecostal church, there were some people who always felt like if you say Holy Spirit, you had to say it like, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Almost like, you know, you need to make him more creepy somehow. Like, no, you don't need to do that. He's just fine. Oh, he, you know, he doesn't need any extra help on that score. You, you know, just be normal as, while you do an abnormal thing. Um, just normal voice. If it's God, it will really bless people. And if it's not, it'll just be nice things. It won't generally hurt them. Okay, with those in, things in mind, we have a few minutes left. I would like to give you a little practice. Would the folks that are going out to church plant be interested in being our guinea pigs? I see some nodding heads. So why don't you guys come up here? <laughs> 